1: i <music>
3: up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, December 10th, and we are getting here to talk about the remainder of Week 14 and our five favorite bets with the 13 games that are left available to us to bet on in Week 14. Michael Beller here, as always, with Zach Jackson. Zach, what's going on? Oh,
0: nothing. Uh, you know, Browns come off a bye week, so it feels like forever since they've <laughs> played. Uh, if they can get to 17 points, they might win on Sunday, but... We'll see if they can get to 17 points. So, uh, The AFC North, speaking of sirens, the AFC North is a total mm-hmm. car crash right now. And anybody yeah. can win it, including the Browns who can't score and are in fourth place. So we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, it seems like uh, pretty much everyone in this division at times has uh, had trouble scoring. And we're not going to make you wait too long to talk about this game because all three of us have a pick. We're going to talk about that first. But before we get to that, let's bring on Vic Taper. Vic, what's going on?
2: Not much, man. How are you guys doing?
3: Doing great, man. Doing great. Looking forward to uh, what is shaping up to be a really fun stretch run for this NFL season. We've been talking about it for weeks on this show, AFC. Totally stacked up, almost everyone involved in the playoff race. NFC, you've got a very top-heavy conference and then a couple of teams vying for those last few spots, so I think it's going to be a very fun race to the finish in the NFL. It was a down-the-middle week for us last week. You guys both went 2-3, and three, I went 3-2. and two. That's been the case now for a couple of weeks straight, where we've all been going 2-3 and three or 3-2, three and two. so let's break out of that in a good way this week and let's start with Browns and Ravens, where, as I said, all three of us have a pick in this game among our five faves. Zach, as the person who covers the Browns for The Athletic, we're going to let you take this one first. Give us your impressions of how you expect this game to be, how you expect this game to go, and then your pick as well.
0: So I expect the Browns to be fresh. Um, I expect the Browns' offensive concepts to be fresher, right? you got a little stale. Uh, They're a tight end heavy team. They run three tight ends twice as much as anybody else in the league, but they're down to one regular tight end due to some injuries and David and Joku going on the COVID list. Uh, My pick here, guys, is I'm riding these Browns' unders. I think the Browns' defense has found its stride. I think the Ravens' offense is reeling for many reasons. Their offensive tackles can't block Clowney and Garrett. They struggle to run the ball. now, we are going to have ideal December weather. It's not It's not one of these where you can look and say the wind is going to be nasty with, you know, Blizzard or something behind it. But I just think the Browns have struggled to get to 17, and I think they can win the game. I think they can get to 17 or 20. I don't think they can get any more than that. I really like the under here in a 2017 uh, at most type of game.
3: All right. Yeah, go ahead, Vic.
2: Also, I have the Browns. I think it's a great spot for them. I think it's not really fair scheduling-wise. So they play the Ravens. They lose a close one. Uh, they get a bye week, and the Ravens uh, go off and uh, get some more mm-hmm. injuries. So I think it's uh, the Browns are, like you said, rested. I think they're in a good spot, and they should be able, like you said, to turn this thing around quickly and get back up from, uh, from fourth place.
3: Yeah, I like the Browns in this, too. I'm taking the Browns minus two and a half in this spot also. Yeah. Um- for all the reasons you guys have said, it also feels like one of those head-scratching spreads um, where maybe we thought this would be a little closer, and it actually did open up as Browns minus one and a half. And I've had some good fortune over these last few weeks just chasing those. That spread doesn't feel right. I'm going to go with the side that it doesn't feel right in favor of, and that's worked out for me all right. And I, I like the Browns in this spot also. Uh, Zach, I, really, I think the, the point that needs to be driven home about this game is the fact that the what you said with the Baltimore offensive line, uh, a line that is just a shambles. Right now, Miles Garrett, Damien Clowney should be able to get after Lamar Jackson in this game. Lamar Jackson has looked shaky over the last few weeks. I talked about this with Jeff Zarebik uh, earlier this week. Uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Ravens beat writer at The Athletic, saying that it just feels like a combination of Lamar not anticipating guys coming open and Lamar not trusting what he sees when guys are open. And that's not exactly a style of play you want to bring into a game against this Browns front. We need some sacks, Zach, out of Miles Garrett. We're both on Miles Garrett as the NFL sack leader <laughs> yes. uh, from the, our futures bets earlier this year. And uh, he's now two behind TJ Watt. So we need Miles Garrett to get going. I think this is a spot where he can get going. And then. Yeah, Obviously, we've been uh, maligning the Browns pass game for good reason, but this Bra- uh, Ravens team very banged up in the secondary and on the defensive side of the ball just a couple of weeks ago in the game. You referenced, Vic. We saw Jarvis Landry go north of 100 yards. He is the right receiver to attack this defense, and uh, Baker Mayfield, at least, that can maybe work to the style of play that he's capable of playing right now. So for all those reasons, I, too, am on the Browns minus two and a half against the Ravens this week. Let's move on to our next group of games here, you guys, where we're not going to be sharing any picks, but we're going to be uh, spreading things out. we got three different games that we're looking at for our next group. So, Vic, we're going to go to you first on this one. Lions and Broncos is where you want to take us to. The Broncos are 10-point favorites in this game at home, going to be a popular survivor play. You like the Lions to keep that momentum rolling after getting their first win a week ago. At least get keep the momentum rolling to the extent that they lose by less than 10.
2: Yeah, I'm going to ride the hot team, man. The Lions are right <laughs> hot. <laughs> uh, I think you look at it, they've covered, I think, five of the last six. they're pretty competitive. I think Jared they're Goff-
3: the. I'm sorry to cut you off, Vic. They are fifth in the NFL in against the spread record this yeah. season.
2: So I, I think Jared Goff went well last week. I think um, I'm not a big fan of the Broncos linebackers. So I think he can attack the middle of the field again this week. I think it's too many points. I, if you watch the Broncos last week, I don't know who wants to lay 10 points of that offense. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good spot for the line. I think they're not going to be uh, celebrating too much their one win. They'll be able to to refocus and try to get another one.
3: Yeah, the best one-win team through 13 weeks in NFL history, these Detroit Lions. Zach, take us over to another game that has a double-digit spread, but where you're going to be playing the total, Chargers and Giants. The Chargers 10-point favorites in this game. The total is 43 Giants are going to be playing with, it looks like now, Mike Lennon, but maybe Jake Fromm as their starting quarterback. Meanwhile, the Chargers have all sorts of COVID issues. Mike Williams definitely not going to play in this game. Keenan Allen potentially not going to play in this one. I imagine that all of that is helping you to the under 43 in this game.
0: It is, it is. The Chargers need a win, and it's a tough spot for the Chargers. Uh, they have the Chiefs coming on Thursday night. So even if they were healthy and great, you know this would be the look-ahead spot. Mm-hmm. But look at the Giants. Has anyone seen Mike Glennon play? <laughs> it is terrible. Yes, yes. And From, I From, live From's in Chicago. I saw him
3: play four horrible games before <laughs> yeah. handing the keys to Mitch Trubisky.
0: And Fromm's been on the team for two weeks, right? And he's never played in an NFL game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the Giants sputter and try to get to 10 and mm-hmm. barely can. I think the Chargers get enough, and that's enough. In the fourth quarter, they run it. Uh, they throw it short. You know, we'll see what happens with the receivers. But obviously when you know that one of them's not going to play and you're not certain on the other, it takes away from, from you know, really their big plays and, mm-hmm. and their get-out-of-jail plays and letting Har- Herbert launch it. I just think this has um, 27-10 or maybe 27 yeah. nothing written all over it. So I'll, I'll take the under 43.
3: Yeah, tiny bit worried about the line with all those injuries or with all those COVID issues, excuse me, for the Chargers uh, would feel fine about it if Keenan Allen ends up being a go in this game. If you're without Mike Williams and you're without Keenan Allen, then you really start to get uh, down to not a whole lot available outside. But I think they can replace uh, Mike Williams with uh, with their other guys, uh, most Chiefly among them, uh, Jalen Guyton. So uh, it keeps me away from this game, though. For my one game, my one off here, I'm going to go with the Bengals against the 49ers. The Bengals are one point dogs in this game. Bengals actually started the week as one or one and a half point favorites, and it swung all the way in the other direction. And I'd be very concerned about this 49ers team going into this spot uh, against the Bengals, against a quality Bengals team, not an overwhelmingly good team, but a quality team in Cincinnati without Debo Samuel. And potentially without Eli Mitchell. And in fact, right now as we're sitting here recording this, it looks like most likely without Eli Mitchell. Jeff Wilson had the knee flare up on him last week. If he plays, it's going to be at less than 100%. And if he doesn't play, we're looking at Jamichael Hasty and Brian Hill in the backfield. And... That's really bad for a team that is built on its running game. Built on its running game so much that they figured out ways to turn Debo Samuel into a pseudo-running back. Basically pulling a uh, Cordero Patterson in a sort of way in San Francisco this season. And now you are going to be playing without Samuel. You're maybe without Mitchell. You are maybe without Jeff Wilson. It's a really bad situation for a team that is built on players like that to go. And it just, you, it's a double whammy when you're talking about missing guys like that. And George Kittle can make up plenty. And Brandon Ayuk is a dangerous guy also but I think you take those guys out of the equation against this Bengals defense, that's a lot to have to make up in other areas of the game that I'm just not sure San Francisco is capable of doing I'd be lying if I said I weren't a little bit concerned about Joe Burrow's pinky, but he's been getting limited practices in all week. I, you would expect to hear nothing but a high praise coming from Cincinnati and Zach Taylor, and that's, of course, what's being done. Uh, they're not going to come out and say, yeah, you know, Joe just doesn't really have the zip on the ball. That's not going to happen. But uh, still, the fact that he's getting in these limited practices makes me feel uh, confident enough that the Bengals are going to be able to mostly do what they want to do offensively, and I just can't say the same about the 49ers. So the fact that I'm getting a point on this also makes me feel even better Uh, one of my favorite plays of the week obviously but I think maybe my most favorite play among these five faves is the Bengals at home with that one point going to them against the 49ers
1: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
3: Next up, you guys, let's go to Raiders and Chiefs. This is actually a Zach pick. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites in this game. But before we get to Zach's pick, Vic, let's just hear from you since you're going to be at this one. What are your expectations for what's a key game in the AFC West?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a last stand game for the Raiders. If they don't win this one, they're they're dead. So I think um, the last kind of for the Chiefs that came was kind of close for a while. Kind of got away at the end. I think this is a, a big week for Gus Bradley to make some adjustments defensively, and Derek Carr has to be more aggressive offensively. So I, I myself think it'll be a close game, but I'm I'm curious to hear what Zach thinks.
0: Yeah, I'm on the Raiders for what Vic just said. It is their last stand. Uh, the Chiefs' offense, it's not broken. Um, but, man, it's in need of some repairs, right? They haven't scored over 24 in a month. They've struggled with turnovers and stuff all year long. I just see this more, getting more than a touchdown here from a desperate team, teams that know each other. I'm going to take that all day. So um, there's been some Raiders-Chiefs games that are 36-35 variety. Hmm. I think this is more the 24-21-ish variety, something in there. And I, I think that's even more reason that why I'm going to take more than a touchdown with the visitors in this one.
3: In that one game that you referenced of them scoring more than 20 points was against the Raiders 41 yeah. in that game against the Raiders and that was the that, that is the one time since Halloween maybe even a little before that the Chiefs have looked like the Chiefs you know bright lights Chiefs right. writ large uh in really a long long time and so I think that there is reason to believe that this game even if you like the Chiefs is a big number going up against a a mercurial Raiders offense, but one that has shown us plenty of juice and one that even without Darren Waller has shown us can get some of those other guys involved in in big ways. So that would be the way I would lean as well. I'm not going to play it myself. Vic, your next pick that I'm going to throw to you, we're going to go from AFC West to NFC East. This was one I did consider, ultimately didn't pick it, but it is one that I like and probably my sixth pick uh, if we went to six, I would have gone with it, but you are going with it among your five favorites. Cowboys are minus four in Washington and you like the road favorites
2: yeah I'm still not buying uh, Taylor Heineke I know people uh, think he's You're good. not I'm not buying <laughs> I'm still not buying I just uh last week the Raiders is a bad job of attacking the Washington. Washington's past events is not very good I think that's a great matchup for the Cowboys Cooper is back to bring fully healthy Mark Cooper so mm-hmm. I think like the Cowboys score a bunch of points and get uh, some big pass plays and should win that game I think uh, pretty easily
3: 10 more days off for um, Amari Cooper since coming back last Thursday, being activated from the COVID list. And with the limited amount of run that the Cowboys let him get, he looked like himself. He just wasn't able to go the typical 75 80% of snaps that we're used to seeing from Amari Cooper. Uh, Tony Pollard has turned up on the injured list for the first time all season. We know Ezekiel Elliott's a little bit banged up. Not sure that's going to matter so much in this game. That would be my lean as well in this one. I like the Cowboys in Washington, as you said. This is a passing defense that you can attack. Cowboys certainly built to take advantage of those weaknesses. I also think the Packers are built to take advantage of the Bears' weaknesses. Frankly, the Packers are built to take advantage of a lot of teams' weaknesses. That's why they're one of the Super Bowl favorites as we head into week 14. 12 and a half. Yes, it's a big number, but this Packers team owns this Bears team Aaron Rodgers owns this franchise he announced it to Soldier Field earlier this season it is absolutely true and I don't see any reason why this game's going to be any different I mean the Bears offense is it's nothing you guys I mean they really can't get anything going and sure they put up 22 points against Arizona last week but a good chunk of that was done in garbage time when Arizona already had the game well in hand and I just don't see any reason to believe why the Bears are going to be able to slow down Green Bay offensively or get anything going for themselves offensively. Justin Fields back for the Bears. Great for the long term. I think you could argue that as the Bears, uh, the Bears purely as a competitive team in 2021, then Eddie Dalton's maybe the better quarterback for that and that alone. Obviously not for the future, and you want Justin Fields in there getting as many reps as he possibly can in this meaningless season. All the, the only thing that means anything to the Bears this season is Justin Fields' development. So you add all that up, and I just don't see why the Packers don't dominate this game. We can take a walk down narrative street. Primetime Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears. I'm a Bears fan, you guys. It has never been good. It just does not <laughs> go well for the Bears in, in these spots. Yeah, in Lambeau. Hey, Michael, like, let me interject for a that. second. Yeah. Let me cut you off here just for a quick second. Here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I hear you on the Bears, and, and you are our Bears expert, right? And I've seen <laughs> them a bunch too because for some reason they keep landing on national TV, right? <laughs>
3: like, yep. Pro- two primetime games in a row coming up here. <laughs> I
0: mean, is it an Ohio State alum that does the <laughs> scheduling or what? But anyway, I want to ask you guys this because I had a discussion. With Fields, with the state of that division, Mm-hmm when these jobs start to open up, isn't the Bears at the top of the list here I think four or five weeks from now?
3: 100%. Or am I crazy in think so. thinking that? No, I, Dick, I agree with that completely. That. Unless you don't, unless you would have to not buy fields to not think that's true. But if you sure. buy fields, then I think absolutely that's true. Vic, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the Raiders are also probably one of those jobs you look at as being an ideal job for a new coach coming in. But um, I'm curious with the Bears. I mean, you always talk about locker room talk and bulletin board material. I mean, what did a quarterback ever said I own a team before? That's pretty. <laughs> the, Bears, the Bears have to have some pride, and the Bears have to, like, really, I don't think they yeah. especially fired up for that one, because that's just flat out saying it, and I don't know. I, man. I,
3: I believe they'll be super fired up and that they're going to want to prove him wrong, but wanting to and being capable of doing so are two totally different things.
0: What, what was even better than the ownership line <laughs> is when he went to clarify and kind of, he didn't walk it back, but yeah. he, he realized it was going to be a headline and he goes, look, it's only been 27 or 28 times. <laughs> 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 I thought that was phenomenal. It's definitely true,
3: oh my god yeah so ridiculous and i I do not do not see that uh turning in the bears favor this week Uh, as much as as much as they want to make it happen i just don't really think it's going to happen let's get on to uh monday night football you guys cardinals and rams this should be one of the games of the week zach and i both have plays for it. the cardinals are two and a half point favorites against the rams remember the cardinals won the first meeting between these teams in la this is now the return game in arizona and zach you think they get the season sweep
0: I do. I just think that they have handled the adversity that's been thrown at them as well as any team can have. Their standings reflect that, right? And I think they're playing better than the Rams are right now. So I just think when you look at how each team has handled the last month or so in the various circumstances, guys up, guys down, um, Arizona could have folded the tents after that Thursday night game, right? Arizona could have lost more than once with Kyler Murray outside of the lineup. They didn't. Um, Here is a game they absolutely need to get that division, to stay alive in the race for, for number one seed, and I expect their best effort. I expect their best will be good enough uh, to win this game.
3: Yeah, they basically actually do they lock up the the division with a win in this game? Fifteen, sixteen. Probably
0: something we should know, but yeah. I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, they're they're two games up, right? And they would have a, a sweep of the of the Rams, and then but then there's so it wouldn't be official. they so wouldn't be they a wouldn't from looking. They would need out. one more. Yes. Yeah, they would need one more after, but they would all all but lock it up with a win. I think that's the way to go, too. I like the Cardinals in this spot, but I'm going to forget about it because the Rams are awesome, too. And I'm just going to say I trust these offenses to be these offenses and get over 51.5 points. Again, it comes back to Kyler Murray mostly for me. This is a stat I referenced earlier uh, in the season, but when Kyler Murray's at full health, I mean, just go back and look at the game logs and look at the scores attached to the game logs with Kyler Murray. Both sides put up points in, in most of them, and you just see games that go over. He is an over maker. That's just what he is. He is an engine of overs for Kyler uh, for for just NFL games because of what he means to Arizona's offense. And how quickly they end up giving the ball back to the other team's offense. I mean, he just makes overs happen. And so I think this one will play to that script and we see this one go over. It did go over the first time these two teams played. That was mostly because of what Arizona did offensively. You guys remember that was really never much of a game. That was a game the Cardinals had well in hand by halftime. But again, he is a machine of overs and I think this one ultimately does get to at least 52 points and go over the mark of 51 and a half. Our next game is one where both of you guys have a pick and it is Basically the opposite end of the spectrum from this game, Seahawks and Texans. The total is 41. You guys are
2: going in opposite directions on this one.
3: Vic, let's hear from you first.
2: Nice. Well, the Seahawks, uh, obviously they own the Niners. They won the game last week. But you look at the numbers and they didn't do very well. I still think they're not a very good team. I think this is a really big number. I know Houston's terrible, but uh, Davis Mills is terrible if he's the guy who's going to play. But this is probably the worst defense they've played at the Texans in a long time. So I think they'll be able to score some points and uh, and stay close. So I'm not um, I'm not buying the Seahawks at all. So I'm going with the Houston Texans.
0: You know, the Texans have a special uh, rare blend today, right? We have, we have the traditional st- statistics. We have the advanced statistics. We have the eye test. Mm-hmm. They are god-awful in all three, <laughs> especially offensively, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, like, if Seattle was still playing for something, then I'd be laying Seattle minus whatever, 17 or 18 <laughs> in this game. I just think that Pete Carroll wants to run and run and run. I don't think the Texans can score on anybody, Uh, regardless of who their quarterback is. I think there's enough proof to say that. And I just think Seattle kind of slogs and sleepwalks its way to a win here. Um, you know, probably with some help of turnovers, but th- this is this is 20-10, to 24-10 written all over it to me.
3: Staying under the 41. We've just got two plays left in this uh, episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Pod. You guys, one from me and one from Vic. I'm going to go, I'm taking us to Buffalo-Tampa. Yeah, because you guys sent me your picks and neither of you had Buffalo-Tampa and I sort of had a couple of open spots and I figured... We got to at least get this in the show. This could be the Super Bowl that we're all talking about uh, a couple of months from now. So I wanted to get this involved in the show. Uh, Tampa is three and a half point favorites at home. 53 and a half is the total. I can see why neither of you guys made either of those your picks because I don't necessarily love either uh, any side or any total either. I mean, it's just I, I can make arguments both ways. And usually when I can make an argument both ways, I just want to stay away from the game. I don't see how Mike Evans doesn't find his way into the end zone. No Tredavious White for Buffalo. We all know that. This is a much different pass defense when you take Tredavious White out of the game. It's not just what he does individually. It's the effect he has on everyone around him in that defense. And Mike Evans is a touchdown maker. He always has been since his first day in the NFL. This is a touchdown maker. You don't have Tredavious White to go up against him. I really like Mike Evans to get in the end zone at some point. I like the Mike Evans over yardage prop as well. But as we've talked about many times on this the show props start out with a minus 115 price. That's not going to be the case on the Mike Evans Anytime Touchdown. So give me Mike Evans to find the end zone. We had to get bills and bucks in here somewhere, you guys. And so that's the way that we get it into the show. Our last play for the show, Vic takes us to Panthers and Falcons, where the Panthers are two and a half point favorites. What do you like in this one, Vic?
2: First off, I mean, that's just a great game. What a, what a, what a ball game that's going to be. I, I, wish I, I wish I was going there. But um, Falcons have had trouble scoring this year. They've been very bad at times. I like the Panthers' Pass rush is still pretty good. Defense is still pretty good. There's some injuries in offense, but I think their defense controls this game, and they should be able to win this one and cover the spread.
3: Yeah, um, hard for me to come up with much of a much of a, a thought <laughs> about this one. <laughs> Just, it's crazy that like it still could be one of these teams in the in the playoffs. It still could be like the, one of these teams against the Packers in the first round of the playoffs. What's the spread yeah, on yeah. that? What's the spread on Packers (laughs) versus versus Panthers in the first round of the playoffs? (laughs) No, it is.
0: I I would say the two teams that mystify me, the the Falcons um, still being alive in the playoffs, right? And and, (laughs) in the AFC, the Steelers, like T.J. Watt is phenomenal, but how else Mm -hmm. do they ever win a game? Right, I mean, it's painful <laughs> to watch Ben. Painful to mm-hmm. watch him. And then in the fourth quarter, he's flinging balls forty yards, and they're getting caught or scoring <laughs> yeah. touchdowns. Deontay so Johnson, had, what say did Deontay, the day. Yeah, Deontay yeah.
3: Johnson had like what like four catches for seventy yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter against the Ravens the last quarter. week?
0: Right, yeah, right. It's just it's just unbelievable. So yeah. you just never, you never know in this league. Like like the Browns have played fourth place football, right? But here mm-hmm. they are coming to, with December. If they get hot, they can still win the division. So we'll see. You never know. <laughs>
3: Which they absolutely could. I mean, there's so many teams who have – it's like – it's almost like the the NFL this season is playing out like a standard fantasy league with, like, a couple of teams that we know are good, a couple of teams that we know are bad, and then everyone else is right in the middle. And, like, any one of those – any one of, like, I don't know, 12, 13 teams is liable to, like, get hot and run off a string of wins and go to the Super Bowl. It's just – I feel like it's something that we haven't really seen before uh, in the NFL, the way that the uh, the parody is affecting things and affecting us in the gambling world as well. But hopefully these five faves for all three of us will end up getting us out of the two and three, three and two morass that we've been in for a couple of weeks now. And of course, I mean that in a good way. Let's get to four and one. Let's get to five and oh, let's have ourselves a weekend. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Zach and Vic, I am Michael Beller. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Good luck. Happy betting. See you later. (laughs) We'll <laughs>